I want to play a game with you, like an analogy game. When I called up Stephen Greenhouse, the former labor reporter over at The New York Times, I wanted him to explain something to me. I want you to fill in the blank here. The Culinary Union is to Nevada as what is to what? As to what the New England Patriots have been to NFL, that might not be fair. I wanted Stephen to explain exactly what Nevada's culinary union has to do with the Democratic caucuses that are set to wrap up over the weekend. What Google is to internet search might be a better way. I mean, you know, that they're the most, by far the most powerful. What Mitch McConnell is to the Senate, you know, just totally dominant. Um, I'm trying to think what it would be. I hate using Mitch McConnell in any way. So, um, Basically, you're saying this union is like a fundamental part of Nevada's infrastructure and not just a fundamental part, but like the engine of that infrastructure. Right. I mean, so, you know, I quote the Washington Post saying the culinary is, quote, the dominant political force in the state, unquote. I mean, it is the 800 pound political gorilla. When Stephen says the culinary is an 800 pound gorilla, he means that in the last election cycle, they pushed for Nevada to elect its first Democratic governor in 20 years. He's talking about how this state was the only state to flip a Republican Senate seat blue in 2018. And that the senator that got elected, she was a member of the culinary. For the last week, what this union is saying, or not saying, has been relentlessly picked apart as politicos try to predict the future in a Democratic primary where the field of candidates has remained stubbornly large. First, the culinary refused to endorse any of the candidates. And then they released this flyer. So the big surprise was that this union really did a frontal attack on Medicare for all. And I think that surprised Bernie. This flyer looks like a straightforward presentation of where the candidates stand on the issues. Only it includes a couple of subtle digs. Elizabeth Warren is described as the candidate who wants Medicare for all. But Bernie Sanders, the union says he wants to end culinary health care. So it was clearly, you know, this is one of the few pieces of paper they put out about the candidates. And, they, you know, some people say they seem to have gone out of their way to attack Bernie. Yeah, I mean, I think a flyer, I'm like, yeah, it's a flyer. But is that a bigger signal from someone like the culinary union? That's a great question. And the answer is unclear. The mystery is, why did this famously progressive union, you know, which is often, you know, backed, you know, progressive candidates, why did they mount this criticism attack on Medicare for all? Today on the show, Stephen's going to help us unravel this mystery. It turns out what's happening in Nevada can tell you a lot about the kind of resistance all of the presidential candidates are going to face as primary season becomes a general election. I'm Mary Harris. You're listening to What Next. Stick with us. This episode is brought to you by Discover. When it comes to your finances, Discover wants you to know they are the credit card that is always there for you. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. 
Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. We are talking real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Part of the reason the Culinary Union got so much attention over the last week or so is because of the way some people reacted to their implicit criticism of Bernie Sanders. While the union hasn't endorsed any presidential hopefuls, members are being warned about Senator Bernie Sanders. The Culinary Union distributed this flyer to its members listing the presidential hopefuls. But this union is used to keeping political candidates and their supporters in line. They've done it before. The culinary actually hasn't endorsed a presidential primary candidate since 2008. And back then, they gave their backing to Barack Obama, back when he was still something of a long shot against Hillary Clinton. It is good to be back. Every time I come here, I just feel good. Every time I come here, I feel good because I know not only am I among friends, but I am also among the best of the labor movement in this country, right here in this hall. The Clinton campaign, they were not amused. Some of Clinton's supporters took the union to court, challenging its voting procedures. And then Bill Clinton himself turned up at casinos, making a personal plea for union members to caucus for his wife. You know, I'm sure Bill Clinton was trying to do his utmost to help his wife in the caucuses, notwithstanding the culinary union's endorsement of Obama. I mean, the political director of the union at the time called that caucus like a civil war battle. You know, things were very close early on between Obama and Hillary in the, in the first few primaries. And at the time of the Nevada caucus back in 2008, it was really unclear. And, and whoever won Nevada, it would really have more momentum moving forward. The culinary union seems kind of unique here in that it's incredibly strong. It's gotten very good at organizing its membership, turning them out when it comes to election time. I want to talk a little bit about how they got here. I, th- I think we should start by just talking about who their membership is. The, the membership is primarily Latino, I believe. Yes, it's majority Latino. It's uh, majority immigrant, majority women. It's a union of you know, hotel housekeepers, dishwashers, bellmen, Hotel porters, assistant cooks, you know, the kind and, 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 you know, some waiters, too. And it's, you know, represents the people who make the, you know, work behind the scenes to make the hotels and their restaurants operate, you know, the huge hotel casinos. I was struck reading your book that they really seem to run the strip in a lot of ways. They're not afraid to have their members go on strike for months or even years to get what they want out of a hotel. It really is a persistent union and will punish hotel casinos that really resist it. So I think a lot of the the hotels realize that if we don't play ball with the culinary, they have the power to really make life difficult for us. And of all the unions I've seen in the nation, this one has the best shop steward network which mobilizes members, which keeps them informed, which communicates with them, that, that gets them out to protests, and and to very much get them involved in political campaigns, knocking on doors, making phone calls, getting people to register, getting people to vote early. This is why the politicians need to play ball with the culinary. When the union members get behind a candidate, 
they get behind a candidate. In the last presidential election, Nevada went blue. And the culinary union, they take credit for that. So in the 2016 election, they spoke to 75,000 voters. They knocked on 350,000 doors. They got 8,000 people to register to vote. It sounds like a military operation. I mean, it, it in many ways is. They also got 54,000 people to do early voting. They and their parent union and I here have like three or 400 people who take six, eight weeks off from work. And all they do is campaign work, not just around Las Vegas, but throughout the whole state of Nevada. And, and the other interesting thing is that when they knock on the doors of colony members and other union members, they make clear that we're fighting more on issues like saving health care than they're fighting for particular candidates. So, you know, they're really very issue oriented. Right. I mean, I wonder what it says to you that the main issue the union is picking up on right now during primary season when the caucus is coming up is Medicare for all. Right. So, so we should explain there's a division within the labor movement about Medicare for all. Too often, employers demand major concessions on health coverage. And they say healthcare prices are rising and we need you, the employee, to contribute more to your health coverage. And if you don't want to agree to the concessions, then we're going to, on health, we're going to take it out of your wages. So some union leaders say, oh, Medicare for all would be great. It would take the whole issue of health coverage off the table in union negotiations and might enable us as unions to focus more on wage increases. And, and folks at the culinary say, we have a great health plan now. We're worried that with Medicare for all, we're going to end up with something worse. It makes sense that the culinary union would take pride in its health care benefits. They run their own insurance program and their own pharmacy. If you work 30 hours a week, you don't pay premiums either. Yeah, I mean, these aren't, you know, Google workers or Microsoft workers or high paid steel workers. These are workers who are generally in what are low wage fields, hotel housekeepers, assistant cooks, bellhops. And this union has its own health center where when you go to the doctor, it's free and there's often very little weight. And when you go to this health center, the prescriptions are often free or much lower price. And the union can do this because it takes the insurance middlemen out of the picture. You know, and it's, you know, it's run by, you know, in ways by the workers, for the workers, of the workers. And it, and it, and it works very well for them. You know what impressed me when I was looking through the candidates' forums with the Culinary Union? I watched a little bit of Bernie Sanders speaking to the union folks, and it was so different than other union appearances that I've seen by these presidential candidates. When he started talking about Medicare for all, people started interrupting him. They were chanting. They were asking, who's going to pay for this? And it seemed to me like the union was kind of doing exactly what you want to do for these workers, which is like giving them a voice and giving them a feeling like you can talk to these people and you can demand what you want and need. I'm glad you I'm glad you mentioned it. So on one hand, you're right. It shows these are emboldened, empowered workers who are willing to speak up. On the other hand, some Bernie supporters say someone was pulling, not pulling strings, but was like, you know, some union leaders or outsiders who don't love Bernie, maybe who love Biden, who love Warren, kind of ask some union members to plant these questions to make life tougher for Bernie. Do you think it's fair for Bernie Sanders supporters to criticize 
what happens at these union events is like, oh, that's just a plant or not? It's a legitimate question to ask whether the unions questioning Medicare for all is a top-down decision or is really reflects the concerns of rank-and-file members. Some union officials have relatives who are involved in some of the healthcare jobs, and some people have raised questions about that. But, you know, I've written about this union, you know, for 20 years. They are extremely proud of their health plan. They are very eager to guard it. So I'm not at all surprised that union members would worry about it. And I think a lot of union members are worried about, you know, the Medicare for all sounds great and it could be great. It certainly works very well in many countries. But I think a lot of colony members, just it's fear of the unknown, a love of the known and a fear of the unknown. It's funny listening to you. I didn't really know what to make of this lack of endorsement and weighing in on Medicare for all when it came to the culinary. But listening to you, I feel like in a way this was like the most savvy thing they could do because they're saying <laughs> we're going to stay out of this for now. But Bernie Sanders, you you make it to the end here. You're going to have to come see us. Well, I mean, so put your shoes, put your, you know, stand in the shoes of a union leader. If you're going to make an endorsement, you want it to make a real difference and you want to help make sure that the endorsement doesn't anger too many of your members and will maybe help win some favors down the road. When, you know, the culinary and his parent union endorsed Obama, that really helped push Obama over Hillary. You know, it helped, you know, make sure that, you know, Obama would listen a lot to this union once he's elected. Now, as I said, because there are seven, how many candidates are there? Seven, 10, 12, you know, that, and it's very unclear who's gonna win. You know, a rational union leader might say, if I endorse someone now, it's not gonna help that person very much. There's, you know, maybe an only 30% chance that anyone right now will get the nomination, whether it's gonna be Bernie or Bloomberg or Biden or Elizabeth or Buttigieg. And they just say, it's too risky. And, and unions, almost invariably endorse in the general election. But in primaries, they're much warier because, you know, they often like a lot of the people and then they see, you know, them not so different on issues and they figure the politic wiser course is to just wait until it's clear who the nominee is. Hmm. And I think at this juncture, the union, the culinary union and, it, and its parent, Unite Here, both made a rational choice. So to them, that's very rational. Like it really wants to serve our purposes now to endorse someone when that person doesn't have majority support within our union, when endorsing might, you know, piss off most of the people in our union, piss off six of the seven candidates in the field. And they just feel the practical thing is to, you know, hold their fire, wait for things to clarify. And if they thought there was a candidate who was like hugely better and they clearly thought that about Obama vis-a-vis -vis Hillary in 2008, they're willing to stick their necks out, especially when it's clear that, you know, the person they're leaning towards endorsing, you know, is more likely to get the nomination. And now it's just a whole muddle. And like, they're just saying, we need things to clarify. We don't want to help mess up things further. Stephen Greenhouse, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, great to be here. 
Stephen Greenhouse has written a book called Beaten Down, Worked Up. It's all about how the labor movement works in this country. He spends a whole chapter talking about why Nevada's culinary union is so effective. Go check it out. And that's the show. What Next is produced by Mary Wilson, Jason DeLeon, Mara Silvers, and Danielle Hewitt. And you know who doesn't get enough credit on this show? Slate's executive editor, Allison Benedict. Hey, Allison. Thanks. If you want to see what I thought about the Democratic debate last night, just go find me on Twitter. I'm at Mary's desk. Tomorrow, my colleague Lizzie O'Leary is going to be here with What Next TBD. And me, I'll be back on Monday. Catch you then.